Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. It is Friday, whatever that means. It's also May 22nd, whatever that means. And I am still talking to you from the floor of my bedroom closet, which means this must be another edition of Nerdette's Introvert's Guide to the Good Life. So for the past couple months, we have been making episodes to help you figure out how to make the best of this situation, partly by giving you heaps of ideas for things to keep you busy and entertained and hopefully at least a little fulfilled, too. And I don't know about you, but something that I have been dealing with much more than usual since all this started is anxiety. So we thought now might be a great time to get in touch with an expert to help us unpack all of our complicated feelings and figure out what to do with them. Our guest today is Claire Bidwell-Smith. She's a grief counselor who wrote a book called Anxiety, The Missing Stage of Grief. Even if you haven't heard of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, you're probably familiar with her five stages of grief. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Claire has a lot of respect for the work that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross did, but she thinks anxiety should fit in there too. Even she herself said that the five stages were really just meant as guideposts, and she Mm -hmm. acknowledged that there were many other aspects to grief. Our culture loves the idea of these stages, right? Like, wouldn't it be nice if we could just hop through? They were just like checkboxes? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds amazing. I could get like a little sticker for each one. Yeah. So people really, they glom onto this idea, and then they show up in my office, and they come in, and one of the first things I always hear from clients is, I think I'm doing this wrong. And it's because they've They've either skipped a stage or they're not doing the stages in a linear fashion or they're stuck in one or they're having an experience that's not listed in the stages. And one of those experiences I was seeing a lot of was anxiety. So maybe you're like, yeah, anxious, hard agree for sure. But what are you actually supposed to do with that? Well, Claire has some answers. Claire, welcome to Nerdette. Thank you. I am also hiding downstairs in my basement from my children. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, great. I'm glad to help provide a break. I hear that's often very <laughs> useful in that situation. <laughs> yes. So Claire, I i mean, gosh, there are so many different places I could start this interview. But um, one thing I immediately thought of when I heard about you was an article actually that came out in Harvard Business Review right toward the end of March. The David Kessler article. Yes. So you're familiar. The idea that the headline was essentially like the discomfort that we are all feeling is grief. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I have no intention of undermining people who are like actually literally grieving loved ones during this time, because obviously it's a global pandemic, you know, like this is real. But I think there's something really interesting and really important about also having a conversation around sort of like that other side of grief, which is just that 
I think a lot of us are grieving a lot of different things on a lot of different levels right now. Absolutely. You know, the author of that article was was really right in that we need permission to grieve everything that we're grieving right now. We're grieving mm-hmm. the loss of jobs. We're grieving the life we knew three months ago. We're grieving our kids being home from school, missing their classmates and graduations. And, you know, we're grieving, we're grieving, you know, seeing all the numbers on the news, even if it's not someone we knew, you know, mm-hmm. even that is grief. Um, there's so many layers of it. And I think that we really have to give ourselves permission to feel that. So yeah, it seems to me that's kind of the next step I often hear is like the idea of giving yourself permission to feel it, the idea of really sitting with it. What do you think that looks like? I mean, I think it really looks like letting yourself have those breakdown moments where you feel sad. Maybe you're not, you know, in a heap of tears, but you have that pause where you're like, wow, you know, you're, you have that reverence for how much has changed, how much we've lost. Um, maybe you're taking time to honor those feelings in some way. You're writing about them. You're doing some kind of ritual or something spiritual or religious that kind of connects to that side of yourself. Um, I think that there are so many amazing grief support spaces coming up on the internet right now too that you could join there's a lot of virtual discussions about grief and grieving there's a a lot of ways to kind of honor memorialize loved ones and this time in our lives and I think connecting into those spaces is also really helpful that reminds me of a story I recently heard on NPR it was on all things considered and it was about um, a Facebook group I think it's just called like called go outside and howl at the moon at 8 p.m. <laughs> All right, have you heard about this one? No. It sounds really lovely. I mean, they did a little story about it and they just like played a bunch of people howling, but also, you know, people kind of talked about like the reasons that they were howling. And I think a lot of them kind of tie into that, you know, like the woman who misses her granddaughter or, you know, just like all that stuff that's just like really heavy and that we very suddenly had to adjust to, you know? It is really heavy. And and if you're not howling at the moon or crying or kind of sitting with those feelings, they're spilling out, right? They're spilling out in relationship fights. They're spilling out in getting too impatient or aggravated with your kids, or they're spilling out in just moments of panic or fear about where this is all going. So I think when we give that space, if it's howling at the moon or, you know, just having a good cry, whatever it looks like for you, um, that's going to help, I think, in so many ways, just kind of get us through the day to day of all the heaviness. So yeah, can you like describe, I mean, I don't know, I think, I imagine once you do describe it, people who don't even think they've had it are going to be like, oh, that, but can you explain it just for people who aren't sure what you mean by anxiety? Yeah, I mean, um, what I've been seeing is anxiety that comes on after a significant loss. And so say you lose a partner or a child or a family member, um, parent, and then suddenly you find yourself feeling anxious. You find yourself waking up in the morning, having those feelings of fear. Maybe you're ruminating on certain thoughts. Maybe you're having some hypochondria. You're worrying about yourself getting sick or somebody else getting sick and dying. You find yourself just going to these anxious places um, in ways that you never had before, or you're even having panic attacks and physical symptoms. I've had many, many clients come to see me after having had a panic attack directly following a loss. Well, and one thing that you wrote in a Washington Post article is that loss is the perfect conduit for developing anxious symptoms. It's true. Um, I think, you know, we can even think about it in terms of the pandemic. When we all went through this, our, our lives were kind of seemingly pretty normal up until a few months ago. And all of a sudden, this kind of came out of nowhere, it seemed for us. And 
it was very jarring. It still is for so many of us. It's caused us to rethink everything, right? Especially mm-hmm. our mortality, how long we have here. We are waking up every single day into a new world of uncertainty. And that uncertainty is so difficult to sit with. Um, and so I think when you go through a big loss, it's it's very similar. You're suddenly kind of slapped in the face with this reminder that we are not here forever and it is not in our control. And when you kind of start to have to face that, it can spill out in all kinds of ways. And a lot of it is physical manifestations, you know, racing hearts, um, nausea, Mm -hmm. these kind of panic attacks that that can come on. So, I mean, what do people do with that? You know, like the way I've kind of been thinking of my own anxiety over the past couple of months is it kind of reminds me of cicadas, you know, like the sound of cicadas, right? Like sometimes there's just one, it's super off in the distance, you barely even notice it. Sometimes there are like three in the tree right next to you. And they're just, you know, and even when one quiets down, you can kind of breathe a sigh of relief, but there's still these two going. I don't know. It can be so overwhelming, right? And so often, like, I try to just tell myself it'll pass. But like what, you know, as especially as a grief counselor, like what do you tell clients who are dealing with like serious anxiety? I mean, I think it. we have to lean into it. Um, so trying to get the cicadas to be quiet never works, you know, I mean, or ignoring them doesn't work (laughs) rather. So we have to kind of pay attention to them. It's like, it's like a yellow cautionary light at a stop light. You know, it's, it's asking you to look up and look around and pay attention. Um, anxiety is a useful thing on a, on a general level. We all have some level of anxiety and we wouldn't actually want to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it gets really out of control and all the cicadas are, are going at once, um, (laughs) that's when we know we need some help. And so stopping and really taking a look at, at all the things that are contributing to the anxiety. What are the thoughts that you're obsessing on every day? What are you doing first thing in the morning? Are you taking in a ton of news? Are you really thinking about your person? Or on the other hand, are you avoiding thinking about the person you've lost or what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety can come from avoidance just as much as well. So there's a lot there we can do. I mean, one of the most simple things that someone can do right now is some meditation. Mm-hmm. Taking time out to do some breath work, to stop your racing thoughts, step away from them, you know, clear your mind a little bit is what will help calm you down in an immediate sense and help in a long-term way too. And when you say meditation, I mean, at its simplest level, what you're saying is like, just sit there and close your eyes and just like feel yourself in your body, right? Exactly. You don't have to achieve some kind of um, Buddhist monk status on a mountain somewhere. It's really (laughs) about like sitting for 10 minutes, use an app. You know, there's so many great apps that can guide you through just some simple breath work that will calm you down. I mean, what happens is we wake up in the morning and we are looking at our phones before we're even out of bed, right? Oh, yeah. The, the amount of information you can download into your brain in two minutes of swiping around on your phone is outrageous. And yeah. all of these little tidbits you take in start ramping up your anxiety. So by the time you are even up in the kitchen making coffee, you're already in an anxious state because of all the thoughts that are swirling around. So the mm-hmm. goal is to start to work with those thoughts and take some space from them, figure out which ones are causing you anxiety and learn how to step back from them. Yeah, one thing my therapist has mentioned, which, you know, sometimes I'm better about than other times, but is just taking 10 deep breaths before picking up the phone like when you're <laughs> yeah. still in bed, you know, like the alarm goes off or whatever. And then like just to even just 10, which takes what, like not even a minute. Right. 
But even just that kind of like reset before you even begin, I think, especially now when like, who knows what kind of sleep we're having either, right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm hearing about a lot of people having very vivid dreams these days. Is there anything that you find yourself like being really intentional about doing for yourself that you might recommend to listeners? I am being very careful about the news intake. I don't let myself look at my phone for at least 45 minutes after I wake up. Um, And one of the things I've been doing too is kind of turning towards more of a sense of ritual, which I think that our Western culture isn't always so great at. But right now when we don't have our usual gatherings, funerals, sitting Shiva, having, you know, wakes and memorials, and even just gathering socially or going to church or whatever it is people do to kind of have that sense of ritual, that's all been stripped away right now, right? Um, I think we need that as humans. Uh, And so I've been trying to come up with my own rituals, whether that's just lighting a candle at night or kind of tapping into my various thoughts of spirituality. And this is all something I wasn't doing before the pandemic. I was kind of humming along in my life, very busy. I'm a mom. I've got multiple books and projects going and, Mm -hmm. and I was, I was doing pretty well. And then this happened and, and I really had to take a step back and reevaluate how I was going about my days. Yeah. I feel like, Early on, I realized like, oh, this is my moment to really slow down and appreciate the good stuff. And and yeah, you know, I think like it's easy enough to say that. I feel like I was pretty good about practicing it, but that was like eight weeks ago now. You know, like I think the longer it goes on, too, it's just sort of like, oh, wow, we're just still we're just still in this. Like, okay. And and grief is like that too. It kind of strips you down, right? Just pairs everything down to its essence and takes away all those things you thought were important that made up who you are on a daily basis, right? We're not running around anymore doing all the things um, kind of exteriorly that we thought made us who we are. And when that happens, you kind of have to take a hard look at yourself and your life and your relationships and figure out what's important. for sure. Well, Claire, thank you so much for talking with us. I think this is a really important and hopefully helpful conversation. Thank you for having me. I'm glad you're talking about it and bringing this to light more for more people. One more very relaxing thing you don't want to miss in just a minute. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. One tool that Claire mentioned is meditation, which I don't know about you. Maybe it sounds super intimidating. Maybe it's something that you hear a lot about, but you're like, nope, that's not going to happen. I know it's good for me. I just don't feel like it. 
I think we should all try it right now just for like a couple of minutes, Um, which does mean if you are operating heavy machinery right now, maybe come back to this part. But otherwise, find a comfy seat and just kind of roll with this. Approach it with your curious mind. Uh, Here to walk us through a guided meditation is Emily Thornton. She's a licensed social worker and she's a therapist and her whole deal is all about mindfulness and breathing. And she's guided a couple of meditation workshops that I've been a part of and she is awesome. Emily, hey. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm hanging in. How are you? Yeah, same, same. Yeah. Doing lots of meditation practice. (laughs) Um, Let's give this a shot. Okay. So finding yourself somewhere that you can be somewhat comfortable. It's okay if there's a bit of a balance here of effort and ease. This is our seated practice. But finding a sense of release in your physical body as much as you can, maybe supporting your back or knees, releasing your hands to a place where they feel most natural. Closing your eyes softly or lowering your gaze if you prefer to keep your eyes open, keeping your gaze soft. Notice the muscles of your face. Notice the space between your eyebrows, at your jaw. Feel some of that tension begin to release. Begin to draw your awareness toward your breath. What is the quality of your breath? What is the depth? of your breath. As you ease into a deeper and deeper connection to your own breathing, you might draw one hand to a place at your belly, low in your abdomen, feeling the expansion as you breathe in from this deep place and the release and softening as you exhale slowly. Continuing with your hand or simply in your mind's eye to breathe in fully, allowing the space for your deepest breath. As you continue with this deep breathing in the periphery, begin to draw your awareness toward a deeper part of yourself. And as you draw into this deeper place, this wisdom, this knowing, Consider what you are holding on to. Any loss, any hope, any fear or disappointment. As you begin a practice of connection to your own sense of fullness, allowing for all the emotions to live together in you. Find your way toward an intention. An intention that guides you to a place of purpose for working with your grief. What will happen as you 
encounter and engage with this part of your experience. And from here, take all the time you need to listen to what comes up. Notice where your attention goes. Remind yourself as often as you need to be kind and to breathe. As you feel ready, you can begin to move yourself out of this practice with gentle awakening of the physical body, a slow transition in your own time back into your life, remembering you can return to this seat, to this breath, and to this inquiry into your relationship to grief and the way that it is a part of life and a part of healing. I don't know about you, but that went by super fast for me and I still feel better, which I'm like, oh no, this is a thing that I actually need to be doing all the time. It's so real. Um, But anyway, I hope you also found it helpful. Uh, There are a number of meditation apps out there. If you are curious in doing a little more dabbling, of course, no pressure. Uh, As Emily in New York said earlier this week in a voicemail, which I love and I'm probably going to steal. Sorry, Emily. Just take care of yourself in whatever way is best for you. All right, that's it for today. The show is produced by Justin Bull. Our executive producer is Brendan Banazak. And hey, we want to hear from you. So we're thinking about doing a gardening episode. It seems like it's about time for that. Do you have any seedling questions? Do you want to know what you could grow in a windowsill? Are you, like me, obsessed with propagating your monstera? Not gardening plants, but you know, houseplant, like whatever, whatever. Whatever it is, we would love to know. Just record your questions on your smartphone and then email the file to nerdatpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell us your name and where you're calling from because this is all way more fun when we're in this together. All right. See you next week. What if I just kept sitting in here with my eyes closed? I mean, I would fall asleep, right? And then I would just be a person who naps in her closet. Is that what's about to happen? Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to the Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.